First reading this evening from 1 John chapter 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. O Lord, have mercy on us. Our second reading is from the Holy Gospel in St. Luke, the 14th chapter. Jesus said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation to ask for terms of peace. So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. O Lord, have mercy on us. Please be seated. In the name of Jesus, amen. In our reading this evening... From 1 John 4, we hear a big statement that God is love. In our culture, we tend to think of love as an abstract feeling. And so I wonder when we hear this statement, God is love, whether maybe we just think John means God has good feelings about us or God likes us. But this is not what John is saying. He makes it clear that God's love is active. It is tangible and specific. The love of God was an action accomplished by Jesus on the cross for you. 1 John 4.10 In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation, the payment for our sins. And then John goes on. Beloved, if God so loved us, 
we also ought to love one another. If God's love for us is active and tangible and specific, then our love for each other ought to be the same way. God has actively loved us. How can we actively love each other? Well, some of you got a gold coin just now. And we talked about Nicholas, who was known for sharing God's active love with the poor. Nicholas was a real person. He lived in present-day Turkey in the early 300s. You can still visit his hometown. He became bishop of Myra. It's a town that Paul had actually visited on his travels. We don't know a lot of the details of his life, but from very early on, we have accounts of the generosity of Nicholas. He was virtually giving away all of the wealth that he had inherited from his parents when they died. The most famous story comes about a family in Patara near Myra. And the story has been told in many different ways, but the key facts generally go like this. Nicholas knew of a man who was blessed with three daughters, but the man's wealth had been devastated by some great misfortune. This was common in those days. In a world without insurance, you can imagine one bad crop, one ship lost, and an entire family's wealth could be gone overnight. Now the man could hardly put food on the table, and so he was considering the unthinkable. He was considering selling his daughters into slavery, even prostitution. This seems unimaginable to us, but this really was an option that families considered in those days. With no money for a dowry, his girls had no hope of getting married and starting families of their own. Day after day, the father worked himself weary, but he struggled to provide for his family. Night after night, his worry over the future of his daughters grew. His household was filled with sorrow. Until one morning, when one of his daughters discovered a small bag of coins on the floor near the open window. They didn't know it at the time. But Nicholas had been there in the night, and he had dropped money in the window to provide a dowry for these girls. He was really providing daily bread for three future families. That's what was going on there. Through Nicholas, God was transforming the lives of these girls and of their father in very real, active ways, very tangible ways. From potential lives of slavery and prostitution to a life of family and provision. St. Nicholas is remembered all over the world for the love and the charity that God gave to others through him. Now why should we spend time thinking about Nicholas or thinking about any of the saints? Our Lutheran confessions actually call on us to imitate the saints in their faith and in their virtues. Just like Nicholas, you have people that God has given you to love. You have a church. You have a town that you live in. You have a family. You have neighbors. You have poor 
who are around you who are in need of daily bread? How is God calling you to love? What concrete, tangible steps can you take to pour into someone's life with your time, your talents, your treasure? Of course, we know money is not the only way to love. I still remember my eighth grade basketball coach. When I graduated from eighth grade and went off to high school, he was there at all of my basketball games. And then when I went to college in another state, no longer playing basketball, you can tell from my height, uh, when I went off to college in another state, he would be there sometimes on business trips. And when he was in town, he would call me up and he would take me out to dinner and he would ask me, how are you doing? He was loving me with a very active love. Yes, he was paying for my meal, but he was giving of his time. He was giving me his attention, his encouragement. God was using him to love me in an active way. In 1 John chapter 3, the apostle, the apostle says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. And then a little later in chapter 4, tonight's reading begins. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Then... John gives us a warning. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. So knowing God and loving one another go together. They can't be separated. We do not earn God's love with our love. John makes that very clear in only a few verses later. He makes that clear. But when we refuse to love, or when we're lazy in our loving. We are not knowing God, and we are even, in a way, hiding God from the world. Now these words are convicting, but we can remember the words that John gives us at the beginning of his letter in the first chapter. He says this, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, our laziness, our lack of love, our slowness to love, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And in the joy and strength of that forgiveness, we dive back in and we look for ways to show God's active, tangible love to the people in our lives, to our children to our parents, to our siblings, our spouses, our friends, classmates, to the people we meet on the street. You see, God's love is something much bigger, much more costly, much more wonderful than any gift that you and I could come up with on our own. God has caught us up into his story it's a generous story of love and sacrifice and giving. Here in this Advent season, we're getting ready for Christmas when we celebrate 
how God sent his son into the world for us. The word became flesh. The eternal son of God became tangible. He took the payment, he made the payment for our sins. Not with bags of gold and silver, but with his precious blood. When you see Christ beaten and bloody, nailed to a rough, splintery cross, the love of God does not get more tangible than that. Christ has loved you at the cross and in the empty tomb, and you've received the love of God in your baptism, another very tangible moment with water. The love of God is tangible and active. It's carried out by the one whom God has sent. And now it is you that God has sent to make God known through acts of love to your neighbor. So, beloved, let us love one another. In the name of Jesus, amen.